so much for coming around and giving random ventures of an indie traveler a listen. In this podcast, your host, Casey, shares awesome adventures from different interesting areas around the states and other countries as well. Some of these places are ones you'll be familiar with, as well as some really cool hidden gems. Also, tune in for fun facts, history, culture, and bizarre mythical beings or legends around these areas. So today we have myself, of course, but then there's also Adrian. Hey there, everybody. It's always great to have you on board. <laughs> well, it's always a pleasure. Of Makes me very happy to do so. Anytime. All right. Italy is a most wondrous country. You have some of the world's most incredible food, sights, and best of all, history. Well, maybe best of all. Well, I mean, it just has a history of its own, as every part of the world does. Yeah, absolutely. And something that may surprise you is that there are dialects of each region. And Italian is common, so they can travel between regions and still communicate. But, for example, Rome has its own dialect, along with Florence, Venice, many other areas as well. And, yeah, so Adrian actually even knows Venetian and, like, bits and pieces of other languages. It's pretty amazing. (laughs) Well, you know, just living eight years here, you just learn. As you go, and for example, and the people you live around, I mean, you just pick it up. It's just like a child picks up a language, so, hmm. and even changes the way you speak. Yeah. In well, your own mother tongue. Hopefully that'll hit me at some oh, point yeah. here. So, that is actually called a polyglot. So, someone who is culturally diverse and speaks and understands many languages. And the place we're talking about today is Trieste. So, it's a port city. It's right around the Slovenian and Italian border. And due to this, there are some different languages going around, and you have the dialects of the Trieste, Friuli area. Right. And also, you have Italian and Slovenian as well. And this is actually where we went on the way to Croatia, where we learned to say thank you. So how do you say thank you in Slovenian and Croatian? Hvala vama, which is thank you in Slovenian. Mm-hmm. And also, you'll find the same thing in Croatian. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. it's. Uh, I actually didn't really know that those languages were so similar. Well, actually, they're, they used to be long in the same country, and mm-hmm. they were also up here in, around the same group of people for thousands of years, so they got a similarity. Yeah, it's very fascinating. And so this was actually a free territory until it was brought back to Italy in 1954, so not really that long ago, actually. And so it's very interesting. And I like this city as it's so close to Slovenia. And then you can go through a sliver of Slovenia and end up in Croatia. Right. Yeah. So really, it's like the perfect location. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because when you're going there, you're just stepping into new territory. 1954 wasn't really a long time ago. Mm hmm. Right. In your textbook. Very interesting. Yeah, well, Slovenia is right next door to Trieste. Uh, you won't see a whole lot of pizza joints here. But there are some, but you truly want to try the food of the region as much as you can wherever you go in Italy. No matter what, you would not be disappointed one bit as you can find some awesome food and often places will serve platters with a nice mix of meat like prosciutto and salami and various awesome cheese. 
Also, another great choice is a type of Slovenian soup called Jota. Yeah, that sounds good. I've never actually tried that. Have you tried Jota? Uh, I haven't tried Jota, but, yeah. but I've tried some soups you know, from Hungary, which is Urash. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, some really good stuff. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, and also you can find some beautiful restaurants with some delicious Italian food. And also some food that's from the Slovenian region. And you can enjoy some nice wine and amazing dinner right along the canals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those canals, uh, it's a really nice. You just get like a little Venice right in the courtyard. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just without the gondolas. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so beautiful, though. It's really lovely. And it does have a taste of Venice. And if you like Venice, but maybe you're scared of getting lost, <laughs> then Trieste isn't as confusing, I would it's, say. No. It's a big town. It's not like Venice where it's a jumble there because of canals and canals and... All the side little streets and, and everything. Those, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're in a labyrinth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very much so. And something that I love about Italian culture and around the Venice region, which I know that you also enjoy... And going out towards Trieste is something that's called aperitivo. Aperitivo, yeah. which is aperitive. Yeah. So do you want to tell them what that is? Well, the funny thing is that you can have an aperitivo just like rush hour. But in Italy, well, especially in Veneto and northern Italy, they like having it during lunch and also after work. Right. At about five or six. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. I mean, with a nice drink, what we love to call a spritz. It's a cocktail uh, with a drink called Aperol mixed with Prosecco right. and also club soda. And uh, also with a slice of lemon or orange. It's yeah. not expensive at all. 250 yeah. or 3 euros, the best price. If it goes nice. above 3 euros, it's the worst spritz in the world. Ooh. Yeah, it's good to know. And something that's similar to the spritz is called an ugo. So it looks like Hugo, but you pronounce it as ugo. Yeah, and silent H. Yeah, <laughs> so watch out for that. And it has like elderflower, prosecco, club soda, mint, and lime. So it's a little bit similar to the spritz. But then also you've got the elderflower and the mint as well. So that's really, really nice and yeah. so refreshing. It's a real summer delight. Mm -hmm. It really is. I could probably drink it any time of year, but summer it's very nice and yeah. it's light. Well, you don't see a lot of mint growing in winter. so That's true. Yeah, so because <laughs> Italy is really strict with their seasonal vegetables and plants so i guess it's true yeah i just think of like peppermint tea you know i could drink that in winter or anytime right. really hot peppermint tea for your yeah shirt. so yeah i guess i think of that anyways though we've figured out how to make the ugo and it was really good added some aloe vera and yeah just very good stuff so it's a great refreshing cocktail and if you're into some light drinking then it's really awesome if you're a coffee connoisseur then you absolutely want to check out Trieste as it is actually known for one of the best places in Italy to enjoy a cup of joe. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't even know that actually. Yeah, I you know. know. It's nice to know this. Because I had actually the opposite thought because I thought it was actually Napoli, the, the coffee of coffees. Mm. Uh. Yeah. Maybe it is, but Trieste is also another mm. place that you can well, enjoy some really awesome coffee. No, that's interesting, you know, something that can get you by surprise. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And plus, everywhere in Italy, there's always a place to actually have a good cup of coffee 
and you can have your espressos and your cappuccinos, whatever you like. And it's not like watching Friends where you see everyone <laughs> drinking from a big mug. It's nothing like that. Everything yeah. is in a nice small cup right. with good quality coffee. You know, you get your caffeine rush. Oh yeah, definitely. So you won't be disappointed. And yes, there's some cool places you can check out with as far as coffee. Interest are Cafe San Marco and Cafe Tomaseo, and just there are some little basics that you might want to know. Espresso is called Nero, and uh, Macchiato is Capo. Wow, I did not even know that. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And uh, Cappuccino is Cafe Latte. Oh, so just a little bit of a lesson yes. there. So they just change everything. They totally just changed the names. Yeah. Uh, now that's actually interesting because there's actually a type of coffee originally from Treviso, which it's a hybrid between a macchiato and a cappuccino. So it's actually called a macchiatone. So if you don't want to have a lot of coffee, you know, like in your cappuccino, you don't want to have too little. So there's something in between, a macchiatone. Oh, interesting. Very nice. Well, we're all learning something new here. <laughs> yeah, so that just brought me <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, that's awesome. Very good to know. And then you have something that's the gelato that's mixed with the coffee. It's called affogato. Yeah. And so that's, that's nice. Ooh, that's really good. It's simple. Put it in a nice cup, in a scoop, coffee. No need to add sugar because you got gelato, but it's something simple, but it's the best taste ever. Right. Yeah, it really is awesome. Absolutely. I agree. And then along with the coffee, Trieste is also known as the literary capital of Italy. So there are some authors that have spent a lot of time here and not necessarily them being from the city, but just them spending a lot of time here. So you have the Irish born James Joyce and Italo Spano who's, I believe, Italian, along with Sir Richard Francis Burton. And there's even a bookstore cafe, and it's called Antico Cafe San Marco. And you can see just some awesome art. And if you come, maybe you'll find like a book presentation or something else going on there, like a fun event. Well, so that's it's pretty one, cool. Uh, that's one way to enjoy a good cup of joe with a nice lecture. Yeah, a book lecture. <laughs> a book lecture, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we can know that's something we got to do when we go back. Yeah, hopefully we can catch one sometime. That would yeah. be really cool. Well, speaking of which, in Friuli Venezia Giulia region, it also has carnival. Well, most of Italy has carnival, but in their own way, mm-hmm. but very similar to the one in Venice, since Friuli Venezia Giulia was actually part of the Serenissima Repubblica Veneto. When mm. Veneto used to be its own country. Wow. And it all goes back to 1420. And they celebrate every year all around February. And if you're ever around there, you should definitely check out Carnival uh, because it's a unique experience about what people do and how they dress and all the above. Yeah, it's super, super awesome. And... That is a fun experience. It's like a once in a lifetime experience if you get to have that. So it's very good stuff. And in the center of Trieste, there's a whole lot going on. So you have the bus station and we got to go to this super cute clothing store. Yeah, I found some great things there and it's all discounted. So very cheap stuff, but it's really 
cute and yeah. affor- and very affordable. Yeah, it's great because you, you actually get to hear a lot of different languages there, because there's a lot of people who are from Slovenia. Mm-hmm. It is cross border every day to do business and also sell and. Right. Yeah, and yeah. even better. I mean, you still have a lot of buildings from the Austro-Hungarian Empire since really mm-hmm. Venice was actually Austrian territory at the uh, time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and with fountains and whatnot. So it's a oh, cultural yeah. clash that in Trieste, it's, uh, that's <laughs> its unique features. Yeah, it really is. I was really excited about being there and I just enjoyed a lot of different cultures and so it's awesome. And there is the government building. I don't really, you know, the government isn't so exciting. But this building, though, it was really cool looking. It actually had like a golden color when the sun was hitting it. Oh, yeah. It was golden. It was literally golden, not just because the sun was shining on it, but it was shimmering. And it was like, if you listen to some of my past episodes, maybe you caught the one from Mexico about the beaches and they're just golden. And I just had like that wow factor. It was so awestruck. And it just reminded me of that. So that was something kind of interesting. And to the essay, one of the cool, unique features other than this amazing combination of Italian and Austrian architecture, you also come across lots of ruins, you know, not just historical, but it's ancient mm. which goes back to the roman empire and you even find amphitheaters there yeah. still still standing and it's totally worth visiting yeah. because it's a time machine you just oh, jump yeah. into a page of history mm-hmm. like the reading rainbow kind of thing <laughs> yeah i love that <laughs> if any of any of you grew up in the 90s you'll know what i'm talking about so right yeah no that's awesome and then also it's like as we were walking around maybe it was just kind of like an art installation or something around that time. Or maybe it's there all the time. But when we were there, there were animals all over. Yeah. And like statues. So on the back of a church, there was a red crocodile. Yeah. That was just really surprising. It's like, what is that doing there? It's like, crikey, where's Steve Irwin at? I did not know what the building was. And then Adrian said, oh, that's a church. So yeah, there's a crocodile on a church. Yeah, I was even wondering <laughs> way up in the church, but you found them everywhere. I mean, yeah. sometimes there are art demonstrations happening all over Italy. Right. Unexpecting and yeah. leaving church. Like, whoa, it's like, what is this? <laughs> yes, it kind of catches you off guard, but it's cool at the same time. Yeah, even along the ruins. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And even like around one of the fountains, there were like some, I think there were red wolves surrounding the fountain. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And then we found those lovebirds. Literally, they're like little lovebirds. It was funny because I was trying to get a picture and you'll see in the thumbnail, but I finally got it. There was a family and like there was a little boy who was just like playing all around the lovebird statue. And I was like thinking... Okay, move it, kid. <laughs> because, it's my turn. Yeah, my turn. I wanted to get a good picture. And his mom and dad were just playing with him around there. I mean, it was cute, but I was like, okay, I can't get you in the picture, so get yeah, out of here. Nice. So we had to just wait <laughs> for the perfect moment. Right. We And we got it in the end. It yeah, finally worked out. Yeah, so the center is like a whirlwind of many things all right here. And speaking of wind, Teresa is actually super windy as something known as the Bora winds comes, and you may see people hanging on for dear life during these winds. I heard of stories about that because it's right by the coast, so you have a lot of strong winds, and I've heard stories that the strong winds, yes, they can sometimes be damaging to 
some homes. So if you're around here at that time, just be careful. Maybe you check out when those winds typically come because you don't want to be around there around that time. Or unless you just get a nice surprise. Or if you love wind, then go around that time bring... and then you'll have cool looking hair. <laughs> well, bring a kite. Yeah, that's a good idea. Bring a kite and you'll be all set. <laughs> Speaking of which, you know, there is actually a unique castle outside of Trieste mm -hmm. if you actually have the chance. Yeah. And it's called Castello Miramare. Uh huh. And it's actually Maximilian. It was his castle, and this goes back from the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Right. And I got to actually visit it. It's very beautiful inside. It's, a, it's literally a white castle, but and unfortunately, <laughs> oh, there are no hamburgers there. Oh, man. No hamburgers <laughs> at the white castle. That's terrible. Yeah, but it, <laughs> it actually housed the emperor of Mexico when it was occupied by France and mm -hmm. you get to see actually the old maps you know, even with Mexico part of it throughout these years with yeah. the Franco-Mexican Wars. Nice. That's awesome. That's really cool. It was, and it's got beautiful gardens too. Oh, I bet it does. Right yeah. by the coast. Wow, that's awesome. That sounds like quite the sight. Yeah, and you just gotta watch out because I guess castles and museums, a lot of them are closed on Mondays. So you maybe just want to check out just to see. But like you can go on a beautiful walk across the street from the center of Trieste. And then right there you can go on the pier. We went out and it was amazing view. Mm. We went out at night and uh, morning, but also at night. Yeah. And it was very, very cool and just so calm. Well, some people were playing music at times, but besides that, it was very calm and it was It was nice. a very nice feeling. Yeah. It was, it's a good place to be with your sweet and loving other half out there <laughs> or just with your friends mm -hmm. or what, or to have some time to think. Yeah. It's just a nice peaceful place because you hear the water, you know, the waves. Oh, it's, yeah. it's lovely there. So totally lovely. And the lights from the, from the city because you get to see the whole stretch of, of the coast. Right. Yeah, you do. And it's really awesome. And we just really had an awesome time there. And you can also see that in the thumbnail. And I put a cool picture. You can see like the low fog or clouds. It's really cool. And I think you would absolutely enjoy it. If you ever have that chance, please visit all these beautiful places. And Trieste is one of a kind. Oh, yeah, it really is. Uh oh. Woo, scary. Yeah. Halloween is coming. Right around the corner. <laughs> All right, so today it's not as much a mythical creature. We will tell you of a cool legend. Oh. Yeah, and it has to do with the Borowinds. The Borowinds. Oh. Yeah, so there is an interesting legend as to how Triesta acquired its insanely strong Borowinds. So the wind. And what else is the wind called? It's called Aelus. Yeah, so it would make its way around the planet, and apparently the wind had a lot of children. Like bunny rabbit or a rat or something like that. Oh, sounds like many <laughs> mythical characters. Like many gods, like <laughs> Zeus. Exactly, <laughs> that, that's the first thing that came to mind. Yes, and so the youngest, the daughter, was very impulsive, she was very beautiful. Her name was Bora. There you go. Whoa. Bora, like the wind. But she's not an explorer. Bora the Explorer. Well, actually, she is. She does go around the planet. Okay, I, think, I take that back. I think Dora the Explorer, I think they got her name maybe based from Bora, 
Ah. because how yeah just check it out and so they were doing their thing you know floating along as a family when Bora had this idea to break free from the bunch from her family and she got a bit crazy and decided to wreak a little bit of havoc and chaos among the clouds whoa right yeah so it's like you know the teenager that wants to just go out and party all the time and just like that so this was Bora so she left and she then got tired after all this craziness and decided she needed a nap. So she came across this cave and inside she met a handsome Argonaut. Tergesteo. Yeah, that's the guy. Uh-uh. And so he had just come back from a quest. So he's probably all like sweaty and whatever. Oh, all the above. Now that's quite tiring. Yeah, having a huge quest, and you're bound to be tired and just whatever. You need a little rest yourself. And so because of the craziness that Borat caused, he needed a little place to rest during all the winds and just the craziness because she was causing a lot of stuff amongst the weather. He's got to sleep out, you know, the trouble. Yeah, so they both needed a place to stay to just hang out. And so seven days passed. They came and went, and they stayed together in the cave. And what do you think happened? Well, dun dun dun, true love <laughs> was then felt. Yes, it was instant. But then you have Bora's father, the wind. Well, of course, fathers don't always agree. At least with something like this, you know, your daughter disappears. And he had so many kids, though, so it's like, okay. He was trying to, like, keep a head count. And then finally he discovered that his daughter was missing. How could he just keep up? All this time. How could he have noticed? I know, after a whole week went by, it's like, oh, yeah, where's Bora? <laughs> yeah. But Bora was out exploring. That's what happens when you have too many kids. Yeah, absolutely. So he searched everywhere. He literally asked the earth the sea and the heavens about whether anybody had known of where she ended up and so we've been watching a lot of unsolved mysteries lately and i feel like this is like an unsolved mysteries case uh, but it's like it meets ancient times <laughs> so anyways there is a certain cloud who is feeling a bit irritable as Borid spent much time teasing him Ooh. yeah uh, you can handle the heat you might as well step off Right, yeah, and so she just messed with the wrong cloud, I guess you could say. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so, I mean, just like anybody, if you tease someone so much, even at all, they're not going to like it. So, anyways, he got his payback and revenge. <laughs> this cloud told the wind, Aeolus, exactly what was going on in the Cave of Love, and he saw right there in front of his own very eyes that this stranger and his daughter were together. Yes. So, I don't know, does the wind have eyes? No, but it sure can sense a good place to start trouble. Ah, okay. So maybe the wind didn't see it, but it just sensed it. It just knows. It knew it happened. So, anyways, uh, he went all batty. He went crazy. And the wind got all intense and out of control and actually killed... Tergesteo. Tergesteo. He killed Tergesteo. What? Yeah, so in all the rage that was built up through the adrenaline of the hunt and learning the truth about his daughter's whereabouts and finding her clutched in the arms of this crazy Argonaut, not crazy, this handsome Argonaut. Well, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's not his fault. It's his daughter who has to pay the price 
But yet again, though, he took away something that she really loves. Yeah, he sure did. So the wind, like most fathers, would of course demand that things return back to the way they were before. But Bora was overcome with sadness as she just couldn't get over the fact that her lover was dead. And she started to cry, but... These tears actually turned out to be rocks. And so she was crying and the tears were rocks. Rock tears. Oh, no. And they were getting out of control. Whoa. Mm Mm-hmm. And so due to her inability to stop crying at this time about her lost love and this whole predicament with her father. And then Mother Nature came in and was like, hey, Wind, you need to calm down. And the earth grew a bit nervous as it was thinking the whole landscape was just destroyed with all the rocks. And the Earth was like, what on Mars am I supposed to do with all these rocks? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's just leaving behind some extra construction material for some beautiful sculptures and cities. Oh, there you go. There's some positivity there. Right, that's true, that's true. And so Earth told Bora she could stay in the heavens along with the sun and the clouds and the sky, worked out some awesome plan to help bring a bit more sunshine back into Bora's life. And this idea would put a stop to all the rock tears Bora was emitting. So their big plan is that once a year for seven days, she can have and reminisce her times with her true love. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And then most of the elements, they played their own part, and Earth figured out Terjaseo's blood with sumac plants. If you don't know what those look like, they look like a flower, berry, or some kind of fruit. And so those would grow plentifully during the autumn time, and they would turn the Carso Hills bright red. For just a short time. Hmm. Yeah. Now, now that's a cool trip to Trieste to enjoy autumn. Right? Yeah, I would say so. And then the sea told its waves that it needed to wash over Tergiseo's body and it would become covered in a combination of sea objects like algae, starfish, and beautiful seashells. Oh. Yeah. So an Argonaut's remains turns into some useful uh, nutrients for the sea. Right. Yes. And then with the heavens, Tergiste was raised to a place that went higher than the hills. Yeah, very interesting. Once people had come to this hill, they built a fortress with the stones that came from Bora's tears. Oh. Yeah. Well, so soon. Right. I mean, it was, I guess, nice that they found something to do with all the stones. Yeah. You can't just leave it there to waste. Right. And so a town started to come into being down below this hill, and it was named... Tergeste, to honor Bora's love. Wow. So next time we go back to Trieste, or in other words, Tergeste, I'm just going to think about that Argonaut. So that's where it comes from. That's an amazing legend here. Yeah, that's where the name comes from. So it's very interesting. And so, yeah, I like it too. And Bora, then she would spend her time in the exact area where her love was both ignited and then taken away. And Tergiste was Bora's only love, and there are days where Bora feels the delight and passion that she once had with her love. And then you'll know that these days are days full of sunshine and beauty. And then there are days where she continues to cry over her last love. And then you have a lot of rain, and there's the wind, and everything comes into place. And rocks. And maybe some rocks as well. Maybe that's a meteor shower. Yeah, maybe. Oh, very interesting. So yeah, now you know the sad tale, an interesting story of why there are Bora winds that sometimes terrorize the beautiful coastal city of Trieste. Oh, dear. All right. So, yeah. Thanks, Adrian, for joining me today. 
thank you for having me here and to share with all of you our digest experience. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hope you all enjoyed it. And if you ever go there, then I know that you'll have an incredible time. Really, it's one of those cities you just have to see. Have you been to this area? Or do you have a great suggestion of another super awesome place? Feel free to reach out at randomindietraveler at gmail.com. Instagram at Random Indie Traveler. YouTube at Random Ventures of an Indie Traveler. Check out Random Ventures of an Indie Traveler podcast on podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And be sure to come back next week and tune in for another awesome adventure. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Catch you in the next one.